0: Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Tim McKernan, alongside videographer Nick Yale and executive producer John Seymour. Welcome in to another edition of the program. I love doing these interviews and I love every Monday when they pop up because uh, more and more people seem like they're uh, tuning in, which of course is the name of the game just from a business standpoint, but also getting comfortable with podcasting, which I know a lot of people have been doing for a long time, but now with uh, kind of a local specific podcast, uh, I think more people are doing it and I love seeing the numbers grow and I love getting your emails as you listen into both the interviews and also our questions from the audience segment plus Jim Hayes's show, the Cat chat with new interviews uh, from Cardinals or baseball people every Wednesday. So this week, If you're sitting there going, okay, it's local, then why is Marcus Allen local? Well, that was essentially my first question to him. Uh, Marcus Allen has been living in the St. Louis area for, I think, about two years. It might be a little less than that. Um, And, you know, you you couldn't really get more random than a guy who grew up in San Diego, played college football at SC played in the NFL for the vast majority of his career in LA when the Raiders were in LA uh, had his time with the Kansas city chiefs. And then you would think, okay, he's done. He's in the hall of fame. He will now go to pick your, you know, high uh, median income zip code in Southern California, maybe Palm beach. Uh, I don't know, maybe a place in Manhattan, you know, during the summer, whatever, either way, As much as I love my hometown, as much as I love my hometown, and I want to say it one more time, as much as I love my hometown, if I grow up in San Diego, if I play college football at SC, and if I win a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl and an MVP in Los Angeles, I'm not going, ah, let me retire in St. Louis, as much as I love my hometown. But that is what Marcus Allen is doing. So you may have seen Marcus Allen around town and gone, was that just Marcus Allen? It was. And you will hear as to why Marcus Allen is in St. Louis. But this interview took a turn in a direction that I certainly did not expect. But when it's all said and done, I couldn't be more thrilled that it did. I couldn't be more thrilled that it, I think Marcus probably uh, is well. And I, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I, I feel like he kind of got to say some things that maybe he's never been able to say before. Uh, just because it's a longer form interview and we got into some, you know, got into the weeds as people say, now I don't even know what that means, but I know it sounds good. So we got into the weeds on, uh, his childhood, his parents' childhood and, uh, and his experiences. And so this really became a father son story. And as Marcus said, he goes, it really, it wasn't a part of the story. He goes, it is the story. It is the story. And and candidly, uh, you, you know about, most likely anyway, you know about, you certainly know about, even if you weren't even born, you know about the Super Bowl run. If you haven't, it's one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history uh, when the Raiders beat the Redskins. And you know about, uh, most likely, his Heisman Trophy because he is on all those Heisman House commercials and uh you may be aware that he is passionate about the game of golf and man did we spend some time on golf but uh the backstory to his success and kind of how i i didn't even do it i asked a question and then he gave an answer and then we took it from there um the 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 father-son thing just incredibly cool and uh and and that's really what the interview became about. In addition to a lot of the topics that you would expect us to discuss with Marcus Allen, starting with why are you here? And I'm going to talk about why are you in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I'm talking about why are you living in the St. Louis area when you could live wherever you want, and you have what, what we thought anyway were no ties to St. Louis. So you'll hear that answer. Uh, so when when we've been able to bring you uh, high profile uh, people from politics. And St. Louis area sports with the Cardinals, the Blues, past members of the Rams, and also, of course, uh, the University of Missouri with Gary Pinkle and Mike Kelly. You see Marcus Allen pop up on your podcast, and you're going, Oh, Tim got a radio tour. The Sea Monster booked it and they mailed one in. That is not the case. I want to make that clear. It is not the case. He came in to the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Uh, we had lunch and uh, then sat down for, I think, what went about an hour. Uh, and just talked it over, and um, just another interview that uh, I think you'll enjoy. And I'm really fired up that you're going to get a chance to hear it here uh, today. So we want to make sure that we thank the sponsors, and that I ask you to support the sponsors because without them, these interviews you are hearing every Monday on the Tim McErlean Show would not be possible. That's just the way that it it's the way the business works. It might sound harsh, but it's fully transparent. It's the way things work. So if you're enjoying the podcast, the way you can support it is by making sure you're doing business with the people you hear advertising on it, such as the James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Triad Bank, Gateway Buick GMC, and our studio sponsor, the Home values continue to rise. A strong purchase season means there are a lot of good comps for an appraiser to use. Maybe you took out a loan a year ago that required PMI. It's very possible that you now have the equity to get rid of that PMI and lower your payment. Or maybe you can drop the PMI and cut your term to a 15 or 20-year keeping your payment the same. A lot of people think they have a perfect mortgage, but with interest rates as low as they are, there are always options. Call them today to explore your savings, and you can visit them right now. You're sitting in front of your computer? Go online, thehomeloanexpert.com, and see for yourself. Enter in the numbers, and my guess is Ryan Kelly and his great staff at thehomeloanexpert.com can save you Money, the thehomeloanexpert.com studios. That is where Marcus Allen and I sat and talked it over. We started off with our golf, which we played a few months ago. Um, What I feel like is a a very unfortunate comparison. He insists is a compliment to a a former PGA golfer. I think he made the compliment because I was getting in his kitchen and rolling in putts and then staring him down. And so he came over the top with a height reference, which I, I frown upon. And if it were a live broadcast, we would have dumped out of it, but nonetheless, it's in there, and uh, and we talk golf, we talk his NFL career, but really, it becomes a father-son conversation with not only the Heisman Trophy winner, not only the Super Bowl MVP, not only the NFL MVP, not only the NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer, the St. Louis area resident, Marcus Allen, here on the Tim McKernan Show. Marcus, it's great to see you again, sir. Great to see you, too. After we had a great battle on the golf
1: course, absolutely. I thought you were going to bring that up, but uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I was. I, I I don't know how how you considered your play that day. I thought I was a B. I rolled in some putts, maybe ripped your heart out.
1: Yeah, I, I I I consider it transitional. I was in a transitional phase, so that's what I'm. <laughs> calling it <laughs> i have
0: had so many people go oh you played with marcus allen what was he doing in st louis i said he lives in the st louis area yeah and they go why does marcus yes. allen live in st louis so i finally get to ask the question why is marcus allen living in the st louis uh, my
1: area? my wonderful girl has uh two boys from a previous marriage and she was raised in um this area uh-huh and so she wanted to be closer to her kids uh, which I clearly understand, and so I'm here. Yeah, and how how, how are you liking it? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, you're going to. Be I don't, grow like, up to, in San I don't Diego. like the cold weather. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like I don't the like fact either, that, I, you know, like, that I can't you know play golf or. <laughs> you
0: grew up in San Diego. You play yeah. in L.A. Yeah, San yes, now... know.
1: But I you know I had five years in Kansas City, so yeah. So you kind of got, got used to the weather. So it's uh wasn't as bad. You know what's really nice is and 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 was the same thing in Kansas City as well. The people are great. That's what uh, um, I won't say makes up for it, but it certainly makes it <laughs> bearable. The people are really great out here, but of course, I mean, you know, when you grow up, uh, and some people say that San Diego has the best climate in all the country. So, right. yeah, when I kind of miss that, but. <laughs> 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 I understand. But there's some things more important than weather, family. The family. Yes, absolutely. So, so you have
0: how many? You have your two with your
1: yeah. With Lauren and uh, and I have a one year old, no, excuse me, four year old. Four year old. <laughs> about to say. <laughs> well, I, no, I was going to say one child. Ah, that's four. So. I see. He just turned four. He's a little boy. He's awesome. He's uh, it's it's amazing. This morning, I um, I have a uh, artistic chess uh set that I uh, put up on the uh, downstairs in the basement, and I mean, within minutes, he learned all the pieces. Yeah, pawn. And I told him, this is the a castle. Four? Yes. And this is the knight. And this is the bishop. And this is the queen. This is the king. And we, you know, <clears throat> minutes later, we came back and um, he named them all except for the bishop, right? And I kept reminding him, this is the bishop. This is the bishop. And then a few minutes later, we came back and he named all of them. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my, you, yeah. you might have something on your hands there. Well, I'd love to play chess with him. It's one of the greatest games, especially, you know, if he decides to play football and he wants to be a quarterback, I recommend that all quarterbacks learn the game of chess. It teaches you everything and teaches you how to set things up, how to protect, how to attack, how to retreat. I mean, it teaches you everything. So chess is a great game. That's a good little pro tip right yeah, there. Absolutely. It's a Hall of Fame tip. Not just a pro tip. <laughs>
0: really? So so I I'd never so you're a big chess player then, I gather.
1: Uh yes, I haven't played in a while. Uh, don't have anybody to play with, but I do love playing. Yes. See, I love playing poker, and I've had a lot of poker guys say, Oh, playing chess is
0: you know, there's some elements of yeah. the same psychological strategy that goes on. It
1: just takes patience. Yeah. So
0: you you mentioned your four year old and how he wants to play football. I, well, I said if he wants to play. I'm not wants, sure what he wants to yeah. do at
1: this point, and I'm not pushing him in any direction. Only thing I'm trying to push on him is golf. I would like to. I
0: know. And, kind and, of where I, I am with my for, five-month-old. Well, yeah. For a, <laughs> you know,
1: I think a father-son relationship, that is the one sport that you can actually spend like four hours, five, five hours with your kid. Yeah. And I think that's really important. So I'm not going to be playing basketball, or he
0: will not be playing basketball. Yeah, no. I
1: won't be playing football, running <laughs> around with him. Um, but uh, I can certainly golf with him. So that is the one thing that I'm saying. Hey, son, show me your golf swing. Yeah. And How, so has he has he swung a club? Yeah, yeah. How's he, it look? It's it's listen here. He, he's 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 it's he's, it's interesting because he's he's a kid that doesn't like instructions right now. So I, I don't try to change him. I just let him. I just let him swing right. Uh-huh. But he'll swing cross-handed. He'll swing. <laughs> anytime I try to correct him, no, 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 no. Stop, stop. I said, okay, all right. Does he have a grasp on who his father is? Uh, you know what was really cute the other day was is um, Lawrence sent me a video of my commercial plane, And he saw me on TV. And he said, dang. So it's all, you know, it's really sort of nice. Um he sees, um, you know, I have a few trophies around the house and stuff, and he sees those, and you can see that he recognizes that his, you know, that his dad has done something. Uh, he doesn't know to, you know, the full extent of what his dad has accomplished. But um, I'm actually kind of happy that there's such, you know, there's so many years between us that he won't ever feel the pressure of, um, you know, if I had him much earlier. Yeah. And people yeah, yeah. expecting him to, you know, well, why aren't you like your dad? Well, there's so much time that it's so much age difference there that I don't think the that'll be an issue. So I'm happy about that.
0: I have my first at 41, just five months ago. You had your first at 52, four. three, four. Yes. How does that? I gotta say, I've never thought about my age ever for real until I'm like, God, I kind of, you know <laughs> what I mean? You know
1: exactly where I'm going. It's like ah, I want to spend as much time. Yes, as that's possible. the only thing. Uh, yes, age ever becomes an issue. Yes, in your mind legit. is because you know you are like wow. You got to, you know, you got to take care of yourself because you want to be around as long as possible. Uh, other than that, I, I, I try not to think about that. I mean, I I, I go with the adage that uh, how, how old would you be if nobody told you how old you were? Yeah. And I always, you know, chronologically, I say I'm this age, but I feel much younger because I take care of myself, you know. And so, um, but I do work out. I do run. And, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> just want to, you know, just keep my golf swing intact (laughs) because i want to play i want to play that for a long time it's so funny you know we got you know guys like eric dickerson and and roy green and all these different guys we you know we that is the one thing that we do right we we call the golf course our our locker room (laughs) right and and so we 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 talk about life we bet a little we have a little fun And, uh, that's one of the best things about golf. We, we, we don't, you know, all due respect, you know, to, to women. uh, Guys don't say, hey, hey, let's, let's go to spa. (laughs) Guys don't do that. (laughs) Guys don't say, let's go shopping. Guys don't do that. We don't say, (laughs) we don't say, let's go coffee clutching. We don't, we don't do that, you know. Um, we say, let's go golfing. Right. And so you can, you know, spend four, you know, quality hours with your friends, having a good time. Uh, And we run the game, we talk about life, we talk about issues, we talk about, you know, things of the day and stuff, but uh, we bet a little bit, you know, we have a little fun, nothing that's crazy or anything like that, but that's where we have our fellowship. You mentioned uh, Roy Green, a name
0: for uh, St. Louis football Cardinal fans, they remember him. And if I'm not mistaken, when you and I were playing, you mentioned Roy had a hole-in-one at Bell oh Reeve. yeah, Bill Reaves. And it was kind of an accidental.
1: <laughs> well, it, 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 I don't know. Yeah, well, it was the ugliest holding one that I've ever seen in my entire life. He almost fell over. <laughs>
0: That's how but, all the greats but, do. It. But according, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, most
1: of them usually, you know, swing, finish high. Roy almost literally fell over. He swung left, and 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 if it wasn't for the club that actually kind of held him up and stuff, <laughs> he would have fall, uh, fallen flat on his face. But uh, yeah, and 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 it was uh, Ozzy uh, and, um, and. You played with Ozzy. Right? Yeah, Ozzy was there, and. Um, Willard Harrell was there, too. So. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, Football so. the Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals. Yeah. So, we had, we, yeah. We kind of, we were laughing. And, and Roy, you know, he he said it was the thing of beauty. but we, <laughs> <laughs> that When the ball went in, the hole was the thing of beauty. But the swing itself was, like, the ugliest. It was almost Barkley-like swing that we've ever seen. So.
0: You mentioned that you you keep yourself in shape. I mean, for real. Of course, not just saying. You're like, I mean, yeah, if I'm like, oh, I don't know how old he is. I guess, I don't know, 47 or something like that. So, are you, like,
1: lifting Cardio? No, what's no, going on? I've never been a big weightlifter. I mean, I just believe in you know strength and flexibility, and I think there's a lot of ways yoga? to stay strong. And, you know, I think I, I want to start taking yoga. I, just I know, hate getting the, into. I it. hate I the word yoga because everybody sort of thinks it's kind of you know. But the fact that it matters. Yeah, but now is, that I'm doing, it, I think it's very, established that it's masculine. It's, now that it's I'm doing, it's very. It's it's. I mean, it's it's necessary. The flexibility, I mean, for, especially flexibility for golf, for, yeah, that's the and thing. as we get older, we lose that flexibility, and that's the, the thing that I think hurts most people. So. Uh, and especially, man, I think it's it's critical. Yeah. Stretching is everything. It so, really you never is. were a big weightlifter? No, 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 no. I always say, I always laugh and say I was the John, Jane Fawn of the National Football <laughs> League. I did like these light, you know, weights, you know, several repetitions, and that was about it. I uh, always did squats yeah. and, and lunges and things like that, but never really bench press or anything else like that. So, Do you think
0: that contributed to your longevity? Uh so, I, I like her. I right? like to think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I
1: like to think so. Um and I think stretching contributed to how long I played and, and but I yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't think it was necessary to be a big, you know, pinch presser unless somebody unless I was on my back trying to push somebody off me. <laughs> Which didn't really come up no. all that often yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the
0: whole in the whole scheme of things. So yeah. you so you say you're running, you like you still run? Like I, I
1: can run, run all day long. Really? Yeah. I but I'm a I like to run sprints sprint still, even at this age, I so what like, do you do? Like go on a treadmill. Strides, yeah. I, you know, I can crank it. Yeah, I can, crank it, at, yeah. Is that what I can crank it to twelve. And, and run. crank it to twelve. Yeah, crank it to twelve. Does it yeah. go up? I
0: don't even know it went to twelve. Yeah,
1: I can crank it to twelve, dude. And yeah. <laughs> oh my! So you're yeah. running at twelve like on your? Yeah, I, I cranked it to nine the other day, but I ran it for two minutes on nine. Ah. So what so... How long do you
0: You run on 12? Like no, twelve. That, like twelve. Those
1: are just those, those. Those are just sprints. I get off and stop. Rest for a few seconds and get back on.
0: How long are you sprinting? I really want to know this because I'm fascinated by the, um, the twelve. Yeah,
1: twelve. I I don't think it's that hard. It's pretty, <laughs> well,
0: I know, but I mean, you also have a Heisman. <laughs> I got cut from the freshman team at St. Louis U. High, so yeah. we're in two different perspectives. here. <laughs> so that's the difference. Oh my! And so, how long will you run on twelve?
1: Um, I don't you know. Like, like, I don't know. Like, trying to run like ten seconds or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Ooh.
0: I might yeah. go next door and see how I fare. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: You're kind of looking at me like, yeah, I don't think it'll go well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen here. I don't, I don't know you, man. I mean that way. I, I don't know. You what's saw the golfing. You know, I'm a talented I don't know, athlete. Yeah, I don't know what's inside. You know, I mean, you can't judge a book by its cover, man. You never know. Right. So it I know. might be uh, rolling no, back away. You can have. You, you can i me and lose You can guard no, no, me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you what I love. Ian moves man. I, 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 I didn't know I that initially, he, but I'm like, oh, Rory no, and Ricky, no, They're both He smaller gentleman. He was great, man. But Ian moves is like five no. Two. What you don't know, he yeah, he's 52, but he's he's a he's a monster dude. I mean, he was amazing to play with, uh, and he and was like this gym rat man. He was just like he was. He could grind. He doesn't I mean, really he look was like fun. a gym rat. He looked like no, a weevil. No, you can tell he's a great athlete. I mean, you really can tell. Really, I'm sure he did. Other sports as well, and I, I'm sure he was good at it too. So I when mean, you call
0: me Ian Woosman, that was, it a was a compliment. Yeah, so. Put that on the record. Yes. That's now Absolutely. on Absolutely. I would never Thank
1: use Ian Woosman as a negative. <laughs> Thank no. You. He Thank was you. awesome. I played with him and he was great. Yeah, all right. That's on the record now. So you have played with Tiger. <laughs> yes. What was that experience like? How many to have uh, you done it It was times? great. It was great. It was great playing with Tiger. What are you Tiger? seeing uh, when you're,
0: because I'm sure you're looking, going, okay, I want to see with this guy what makes it so, like, what stood out when you're, like, standing next to him doing his
1: thing? Well, um the last time I played with him at the at at the Phoenix Open. Okay. And um I think it was about uh, two years ago when he was there. And I was really uh amazed how, how far he was hitting the ball. Uh I mean it was it was just kinda it was it was shocking. It was just he was he was hitting the ball so far and so high and um uh then he had back issues right. and end up uh not finishing the year and stuff like that. But I just felt like if he was able to, you know, um, uh, fix his back and I think given time, I think, um, he's going to be outstanding. I've been, I, I told Tiger, this is what I told him. I said, Tiger, I said, I'm I've been buying TW stock for a long time. <laughs> and after what I saw him buying more mm-hmm. and I told him, cause I think that he, um, and even the tournament, um. And, and, and the Bahamas, uh, the hero challenge. And, and even after this week, I think uh, I still like what I see. It, yeah. it was just great, the fact that he was able to play all four rounds without any um, apparent uh, problems with right. his back and stuff. And I think, uh, given time, I think he'll be he'll be great. The game of golf has clearly become a huge part yes. of your life. You started playing I love in, it. in your late 20s. Late 20s, 20s. yeah. yeah. I, didn't, uh, I wish I had played earlier. You know, like most kids, uh, didn't think it was cool to play and stuff. Uh, Matter of fact, they had this one football player's son who was actually really good. His name was Paul Lowe, who played for the San Diego Chargers. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a son that played golf, and and I think uh, he ended up quitting playing because everybody made fun of him. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, and he was actually a pretty good player. So... um, so, for as talent, I, I wish that I would have played when I was young.
0: That's what I. So, I wonder about these guys because I, you know, a lot of them aren't big guys we were talking about, like Rory and Fowler. But for as talented an athlete as you are, do you think if you would have been playing in your teens or like some of these kids, they pick up clubs like your son's age right now, they just start yeah. picking up clubs. Do you think
1: you could have gotten. Uh, yes. You do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, and it's. <laughs> at the risk of sounding, you know, con- cocky or conceited or whatever, yeah, I-, I-, I like to think that, you know, if taught properly right. um, and playing at an early age, yeah. I would have been a pretty good golfer.
0: So it w- so what's the best your handicap has got?
1: Uh, I'm a single-digit, like seven, yeah. but um, I-, I think I can be a better player. I mean, I, I played recently and really played terrible, and it, it-, it was okay. Uh, I hadn't played at all, you know, because of the weather, um, you know, no indoor simulator or anything like that. I just went out there and played, um, and hit the ball all over the place. I couldn't get off the tee. I was hitting the ball right. And, uh, but had fun. Yeah. And, um, but I, but I feel like I'm, I always say this though. I, I got to learn how to, um, play cause I know how to win. So I just got to learn how to play because <laughs> I know how to win. know how to win. That's, yeah. That's
0: no question about that. So you don't have like a track man at home and, uh, no, and a chateau?
1: No, 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 I don't have a, a track man at home. I don't know a lot I of people who use I could see you having those. that. I could see you having that. No. I'm not, I, I believe in the old-fashioned way. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Like, when I was talking about my spin rate, you were kind of like, "All right, yeah." yeah. No, we, get kind of, we get caught up in the the you know, technical part of golf, and right. not, the, not the feel part, I guess. You know, and sometimes I think that that's what happens. That golf becomes such a a technical game, and we we sometimes forget about you know our natural athleticism because mm-hmm. we're so worried about positions and things like that. And and sometimes you have injuries that don't necessarily help you either. You know, sure, I have. Um, a right arm that doesn't straighten out and I have to compensate certain things on the backswing. Yeah. I, I, what it's weird is I, um, I don't know, 16 years later I looked up and like, man, my right arm is shorter. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't straighten out. Mm-hmm. So, And so it causes some problems and stuff, but so you gotta, you gotta actually find out what works for you and which uh, I've known, but I've been sort of uh, reluctant to, you know, to do that, I just trying to do what everybody else wants me to do and stuff like that. Um, Want to go off or do, you know, with certain instructors, you know, and, and and I know it's right, but then there's a realization that you can't do those things because, you know, if I had if I had arm to straighten out, I certainly could, right? Yeah, right. Know, right, but, right. So. so I think one of the things that's most fascinating about the game is the mental
0: element of it. I'm not talking about necessarily like calculations or anything along those lines. It's like not going on tilt, not losing it when you have a bad shot or a bad break, whatever the case might be and in focusing shot to shot. Well, I,
1: th- I think that's, um, I, th- I think that's all sort of, you know, experience and, 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 and practice and, and being in that situation, uh, before time and time again. And that's the one great thing about sports, um, especially in football. I, I just feel like that was one of the more, you know, fortunate kids that have always been in the biggest battles, uh, in the heat of the moment with the ball of my hand and when you've had success it's not something that you you know um you re- you know you, you you fall back on that and you, you you have um this you know this assurance that you know everything will be fine mm-hmm. uh and that's and it doesn't happen by accident. I think you have to be in those situations time and time again, even as a uh, even as a young person. Now the the, the stakes, are, you know, are heightened because as you get older, you know, they're they're more meaningful. Right. You know, you 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 know, you're playing as a kid, and you know, you may have your pop Warner championship, right? But then there's you know, you're you're playing in college, and you know, you know, you you play well. It's a national championship. That's a little different than than that. And then when you go into pros, you're playing for um the the you know, the world championship and, and, and playing for a livelihood. So the stakes are heightened, but um you cannot um, look and reflect and say, hey, you know, those things are, you know, those experiences, those successful experiences, and I had more successful than not, um, have helped me out. Yeah. When you look at what has transpired
0: with the game, with your love of the game, do you feel like this is something that, you know, you're going to continue to, to do like these celebrity tours like Tahoe and the diamond oh, era? Do you love doing that? Do you love is that like the, first like a rush I, to First get that of competition.
1: All, I love, yeah, I love competing. I love, um, I love, uh, seeing my friends and, and then meeting new people that I haven't met before. Yeah. I mean, especially the golfers that I've watched on TV for many, many years. Um, as you said, you know, we talked earlier, you know, I played with Nick Faldo this year. Yeah. Jeff Sluman was great. I mean, he was. I mean, I've never seen a guy crack more jokes yeah. on the golf course. Um, <laughs> but we had, we just had, uh, we we had a blast. We had, we just had a great time. So, I, I just love the environment, and I and I love competition. I love being outdoors too. There's nothing like, you know, golf is, you know, it's out there with Mother Nature, and you you got to love that. So, yeah. so
0: you've gotten a chance to play. I mean, I think you've played the best, best courses in the country. I would imagine.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: So. If I may, sports talk radio cliche question, your Mount Rushmore, your Mount Rushmore of golf courses oh, wow. in the United States. And I delayed it to give you wow. a little time. Wow, that's a, that's a to, tough one. Uh, you've played Augusta. I would imagine uh, that's on there, but Augusta, maybe that's not fair.
1: Pine Valley. Okay. Uh, Shinnecock. Shinnecock. Yeah. Um. Now you got that one last spot. I really liked Oakmont a lot. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, it, was it was, it was tough, man. It was. Uh, is, is it just four or is it five? I don't know. Is well, if you it... want to add something to Mount Rushmore, what am I going to do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, yes. I'm going to come over there and do anything about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Cypress was pretty good. Yeah, I was about to but, say yeah. anything
0: in the uh, Monterey Peninsula. I didn't yeah. know something would stand out there. Yeah. 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 Is it, do you ever get nervous when you're playing in front of those groups of people? Because the people come out and watch you. No, what I, know. when I
1: first started, I did. Yeah? yeah. But now you're cool and that's with it? When, oh, yeah. And you ever yeah. hit anybody? Um, uh, yeah. Ah! I've only hit... Um... <laughs> only... I hit Vince Coleman once. Vince Coleman? Yeah. This
0: is like, this is like 1980s Cardinals.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. football and Well, that's Cardinals. why I mentioned it, because everybody <laughs> yeah. would know it here. Yeah, right? hit, Oh, it was my I guy hit, growing up. I hit Vince, Vince Coleman. Coleman, man. Didn't mean <laughs>
0: to. <laughs> well, that'd be uh, pretty gangster if him you him did mean to. got to hit him in the back, to. man. Yeah. So you got, were, you, were you guys playing at one of those celebrity events, or you just were out No, playing? no.
1: We were out uh Playing one day. No, I didn't hit him in one of the celebrities. I don't think I've ever done that. But we were out playing one day, and I I can't exactly remember what happened, but yeah, he got hit in the back. Oh my God. It feels so terrible, too. Yeah. I mean, I was he even, from, was this like 150 out or is he uh, Yeah, it was from a distance out. So, yeah. yeah, But he was okay. I mean, he was fine? He kind of walked it off, man. It's yeah, like, it was probably uh, a wedge. It was landing gently. Uh, no, I think it was the driver. <laughs> <laughs> man, right sure. <laughs> 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 but he was okay. Yeah. So. Oh, man.
0: so I was I was curious because I go to Las Vegas a lot talking about poker. I play a lot yeah. of poker in the World Series of Poker, and I love Las Vegas. You are a franchise, one of your two franchises. Yes. Moving to Vegas, what do you think about that? You think it's going to be a good
1: thing, bad thing? I think it's going to be a good thing. Um, now, initially, I mean, I, I felt like uh, like most, um, I think Raider fans that they belonged in in Oakland, and and then if they didn't go to Oakland, I always thought they belonged in Los Angeles because they, because they had history there. Mm-hmm. But after um, it not working out in Oakland, um, I just feel like I mean. It, it, the Raiders fans deserve a, a new stadium. Uh, they were playing in one of the oldest stadiums in the league. Uh, and, and when you go around the league, uh, you know, these, these state-of-the-art state of facilities that these, you know, other teams and fans are experiencing, and I just, you know, it, it was sort of sad to, to see. Uh, they deserve better, and I think they're going to get better in Oklahoma, uh, rather than, uh, Las Vegas. You
0: think Raiders fans will travel? The and... Raiders
1: fans will travel, no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. I
0: don't know if Chargers fans are traveling up.
1: To, to... Raider fans are different than Charger fans. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, when they say Raider Nation, they, they mean. they'll come from all over, and they will support their team. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't see a problem uh, there at all for, about that.
0: When you were watching that whole, because it was near and dear to the hearts of St. Louisans, what was going on with Carson versus Inglewood and the Chargers yeah. and the Raiders and the Rams, what did you see in that process? What did you think was right? What did you think should have happened? You mean regarding the... Who was going to relocate to L.A.? I mean, you were an L.A. Raider, so I didn't know if well, you were like, yeah, yeah like to always, see the Raiders move that, to L.A. That's what I said. If, yeah.
1: if they weren't going to be in Oakland, I thought they should have been in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and I've always felt that the the city of San Diego, um, the Chargers are synonymous with, um, with San Diego. Uh, I grew up watching the Chargers. Um, I went to Balboa Stadium to watch a game when I was a kid. That was before San Diego, Jack Murphy, Qualcomm right. Stadium. Right. So I played my first um, Pot Warner game at a halftime of a Charger game. Oh yeah, I think when I was ten years old. So, um, you know, I I I just believe that the Chargers belong there, and and it's it hurts you know hurts me to the core that they you know financially just didn't, you know, present them with either the the, you know, a tax break or you know help build a stadium uh in 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 Fashion Valley where the stadium is currently. I I just can't believe they let, they let them go, but uh-huh. the same thing happened in Oakland, so
0: Ooh, here in St. Louis, we just felt like we were done wrong, I mean, because we were the only city of the three that actually put something on the table, and I think the NFL might have been caught off guard by the fact that St. Louis got something together, and at that point, they're like, well, Stan Crock is the only guy who can privately
1: finance this thing, so we're going to make sure that... Yeah, uh, really didn't, you know, I mean, I looked at that from afar and not really, you know, um, gave it as much, uh, you know, detailed uh, look as I as I did the the Oakland and San Diego situation, but I can just tell you from a, a, a player standpoint, uh, it's out of our hands. Um, it's not, you know, anything you can do. I mean, that is purely a uh, an owner or management decision. Um, I'm sure a lot of the players probably love playing here and enjoyed it, uh, but it's it's you know if the if the team says let's go, mm-hmm. that's what you do. I remember my first year. <clears throat> I, uh, I played in Oakland, Whether uh, we practiced in Oakland, and, and played in Los Angeles. So um, the first year that the, the Raiders, uh, uh, I played for the Raiders, um, was an interesting year. Strike year, right? Yeah, we played eight games, but we practiced in Oakland and played L.A., uh, played in, in the Coliseum in Los Angeles, so I was the first player ever drafted by the Los Angeles Raiders. So, again, it that worked out well for me because I had never experienced playing in Oakland, but I'm sure guys in Oakland loved it up there. Um, I'm sure they eventually liked Los Angeles, but uh, from a player standpoint, again, it's it's our job and we know right. where that is, and it's not much uh, we can do about that. So it's purely a... Uh, the owner's decision and management and we have to do what we have to do. So I know that the, the, the fan base gets upset, but you don't, you can't blame the players for that. So. Right.
0: I was in, in, in doing research for our conversation, uh, watching some interviews you had done. And I didn't know if you were like kind of making a joke or if this was really the case because Al Davis was in his lawsuit with the league about relocating to LA. That's when they drafted you. And he called you, What's his name?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he would always refer to me as that. But, you know, listen, <laughs> I, I put all that behind me and stuff. I have a great relationship with Mark Davis and uh, support uh, the Raider organization and uh, looking forward forward for, uh, to them being in, um, in Las Vegas. I think it's going to be great, especially with the uh, new head coach, John Gruden. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, going to bring um, great attention to detail, uh, and focus that the that the team needs and I think it's gonna be uh, exciting times ahead. How well you know uh John Gruden. I know John well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh last time I uh we had a long plane ride uh from uh from Mexico City uh when they played yeah. the Houston Texans yeah. last year. I was flying to to Florida and, and, and he was as well in uh from Atlanta so uh actually we we're flying to Atlanta from um from Mexico, yeah, and we talked the entire time and stuff, and did you get a sense and, he wanted to come back at that point i, I and no no yeah. not really, yeah. but you can you you could tell that he always he wanted it it's in his blood, I mean there's some guys that are just coaches and, mm-hmm. and teachers, and that's what john is yeah he's a coach yeah and um you know and people wonder why would you want to come back? You know, you got this. You know, this cush job on uh, Monday Night Football, and 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 why would you do that? Because he's a coach. Yeah. That's what he loves to do. Yeah. That's Dick Vermeil. So, we had that here in St. Louis. Yeah. He took a bunch of years
0: off, came back, won a
1: Super Bowl. That's, I always
0: look at Cowher. I see him on the CBS do. set, and I go, God, that guy's got to come back. But I don't know if he's going to at this point. Yeah,
1: yeah. What happens is that that seat becomes very comfortable, and there's yeah. it, not a lot of pressure. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know why guys do it, but there are certain guys. And they're just different breeds that are just coaches. They love to coach. They love to teach. They love to inspire. Um, they want to go out there and win. They want to, you know, they want to challenge other coaches and uh, and the opponents. And um, some of those guys, uh, it's just in their blood. Thank you for listening to any episode of the
0: Tim McKernan Show, but in particular this one with Marcus Allen. And as I say over and over again, and I know I've been saying it on the radio for years, and I gotta keep saying it on the podcast because it's the truth. Uh, if you don't support the sponsors, the podcast may cease to exist. So please make sure you support the sponsors. Give them a call, do business with them. And and with this one, you gotta do business with an insurance agent anyway. Might as well do business with one who is supporting the podcast and is locally based. And that's what James Carlton State Farm is all about 314 961 4800 314 961 4800 or online at CarltonInsurance.net. If you're in front of your computer right now while you're listening to this, go to CarltonInsurance.net right now and just get a quote to see what the good word is. And there's a good chance the good word is save. You can save money. Ask yourself a question. What's my insurance company doing for me? Then go check them out on Google and Facebook and see what they're doing for others in your community. The good news is you probably already have the product that James offers. The bad news is if you're not with James, you're without question sacrificing service and likely paying too much. That's why when you go on Facebook or Google reviews, you see the kind of reviews James Carlton gets because of the service. Most insurance agents can offer you some kind of arrangement but nobody can duplicate the caliber of service and ability to save like James Carlton can Three one four nine six one forty eight hundred. that's three one four nine six one forty eight hundred. or go online at carltoninsurance.net if your insurance costs a leg and an arm call James Carlton state farm
1: you uh you did some broadcasting right did you yes. like, did you like doing it yes i did i did uh, i end up uh my last gig was with uh with fox college football I really enjoyed that and stuff but you know when i had my uh when I had my son, it's it, it changes everything. Yeah. Just like, and then when you have him as late as you do, you don't you really don't want to be anywhere but home. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: So let me let me go back to you getting your start in San Diego. Yes, when you were playing, you started out baseball guy, but yes. also playing football. Yeah, were you just? In a completely different world than everybody else on the field, it was like people coming around to watch. Hey, I got, and I'm talking about Pop Warner. I'm not even talking about
1: high school yet. Like people are like, this kid is a freak. Uh, well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that anybody uh, came out and, and, and looked at me in particular uh, because my first position was cornerback, and um, I played defense. And um, after you know, a few attempts um the team running my the ball my way and they were unsuccessful, I didn't give very many looks. <laughs> so uh, I, I I I'd like to think I was pretty good and I was pretty aware and I had an understanding of the game at, at an early age already. Um and again, uh anything that came my way I I took care of. So as a result, I didn't get a lot of looks, um my, my, uh, that season, right? My second year, I actually got moved to running back. And I think I ended up scoring 30 touchdowns. <laughs> oh my. How many, and, do you recall what was on the schedule that year? How many games were there? Oh, uh, I don't know, but I scored a lot. I scored a lot of touchdowns. I don't remember exactly, <laughs> but I do remember the, the number, uh, I scored a lot of touchdowns but um never played running back again after that. I always played defense. Um I really enjoyed hitting people. Uh I really enjoyed like uh intimidating people. Um uh, because the guys that I watched were like Jack Tatum and mm-hmm. um you know Johnny Robinson for Candy I mean I watched, you know, all those guys mm-hmm. uh in the AFC West when it was right it was amazing um, with the athletes they were coming from all the different colleges and uh, a lot different from the the old NFL and stuff and it was really sort of exciting and but I I, I played um, I, my first position was cornerback and I said I was Lim Barney that was one of my favorite players and so but I realized I wasn't getting a lot of action at the corner. So. <laughs> so they would take the ball my, on the other side, they wouldn't throw so it So my yeah, my second year, I, played, I played running back and then I played linebacker. So now you're a linebacker. So, yeah, well linebacker I could I was a little yeah. more in the mix. All right. And I was actually uh pretty good at that too. Made a lot of tackles and And then, you know, you sort of just kinda of like a you know, linebacker's a good position to play because it's a lot of fun and um, you, you get into you know you get involved in a lot of plays, and then so that's what I played for the rest of my uh, part Warner career. But yeah, you get the, but you get to high school, and if I'm correct, well, I'm on a safety. It, then I'm playing, now you're safety. I, I start off as a linebacker and then I move to safety. But something happens with the coach and you quit. Correct? Well, the coach, um, his name is Vic Player, He's no longer with us, but he was you know when I look back, he was one of the guys that uh, I appreciate. Right. Didn't always like him, but I ended up loving him when I, you know, uh, left high school um, because he was tough. he was tough on me and he made me see something that I didn't I didn't see in myself. You know, we all have blind spots. What was he trying to make you see? That uh, that I should play quarterback and that I would be good at quarterback and that I had to put you know um, helping the team before my own individual goals. And so. He told me to go play quarterback, and I didn't want to. So, but I went under center anyway, and I fumbled the ball eight times in a row on purpose. And so he kicked <laughs> me off the team right there. He says, "Get out of here!" Wow. And so I go, you know, I go in the locker room, take my my pads off, and take a shower, and I go home. And every step I'm taking, I'm saying, "Boy, my, is my dad going to be upset about this?" You know, I'm one of the best players in San Diego. How dare my coach do this, right? So I f you know, I go home and uh, dad isn't there yet. So finally gets home and I told him and he says, Well that's between you two.
0: Oh.
1: Oh. Another great lesson, right? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't rescue me. <laughs> so I had to uh I had to go back and apologize and uh got reinstated and ended up playing quarterback. And the way things happened was is that um I even, even though I played quarterback, I got recruited as a defensive back to USC. And when I got there as a freshman, all the all the backs were hurt behind Charles White. And as a result of me running the ball, playing quarterback, uh, uh, and Coach Robinson seeing that, they asked me to come over and play uh tailback. And I said, "Sure." Oh my god! So, yeah. So how lucky? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How lucky? How he's... lucky is that? Yeah. I, I First of all, there's no no, you know there's there's no guys that are really backing up Charlie at Tellback U. Right, right. Oh, they had some guys, but I'm saying they were you they're know the guys be, that they yeah. recruited. You right. know what I mean? It's right. like no, no, I think Eric Dickerson could have came in. It was a few other people, but they decided to go elsewhere. So there's oh. nobody really backing up Charlie. Right, um, and you happen to be on the roster, and the cup, and, yeah, on the defensive side of the phone. And they asked me to come over. So oh my god, that's how, how, how about happened. then my. Sophomore year, and I, and I showed a few, you know, played sparingly. I was more of a special teams player, and I played sparingly, but I showed, uh, you know, some uh, a few times to touch the ball. And then John Robinson came to me my, my sophomore year and said, Marcus, you're too good an athlete to sit on the bench, and you're not going to play in front of Charlie with your mind playing fullback. And I said, yeah. I jumped in with great enthusiasm. Was
0: that because in part of the lesson from San Diego High School, or is this— Just Um, like, I just want to get on the field. I just wanted to get on
1: the field. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that was one of the toughest things I ever had to do because that was outweighed by uh, 30, 40 pounds Uh, in most situations. I was, um, but I utilized, I learned a lot. Utilized my quickness and, you know, I was a master at the game, within the game, you know, that's uh, playing tricks with the linebacker, not um, letting them know what I was going to do in every given play. You know, I mean, you block them one way. Um, this time and block them another way the next time. And so I always kept them off balance because I could not physically stand up to them. Mm. I mean, if I were just to run into them every single play, that was not going to happen. I mean, I would have been, you know, I was going to be like an accordion, right? (laughs) I was going to go in at 6-2 and come back at uh, 5-4. That would have been helpful, but uh, so it all, you know, it all worked out well. And I learned a a lot by playing that position and uh, learned how tough it was, but I also learned um, that the fullback probably has to make more adjustments on the field than anybody. You got to mm. know, um, you know, what you're doing out there because the, the the defenses are constantly moving and shifting and you always have to find your blocker, mm-hmm. you know. And so the, the fact that I played quarterback, which gave me a whole comprehensive look at the game, and then I played fullback, which gives you an, another um, uh, perspective. Uh, and it certainly makes you more appreciative when you are actually playing tailback that you have a guy in front of you that uh, yeah. sacrifices himself yeah all as they all do yeah. but they, they you know the fullback in particular is is one of the toughest positions uh, and it's and it 's not as uh as a critical position as it 's been in the past and stuff but right. um and the it is probably the toughest position in football because you you know you have a 5 yard start and it's one collision after another that's all it is and there's no fair dodging you have to hit the guy yeah, in the in the, in the in the in the mustache every single time and stuff and that is painful so
0: you i mean how, how many guys have played corner safety quarterback fullback and now you finally are at running back for the first time in, yeah. what like 8 9 years since 11 years old at pop corner
1: yeah, yeah didn't uh other than running as a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and yeah.
0: it obviously works out because it leads to
1: an incredible season yeah. and a Heisman Trophy. Well, actually, I had, my junior year, was a it was interesting. I gained 1,500 yards, and I really didn't know what I was doing.
0: What and do you mean by that?
1: You really didn't know what you were doing. I really didn't know offenses or defenses. I was just trying to run hard. I was just trying to um, – they had a, um, a history of being that position, rather, being physical uh, being, uh, tough. And that's what I was trying to, to really accomplish that year. I wanted to be that physical tough runner and stuff. Uh, and then that, um, but I, I, people weren't really satisfied. You know, I, I, I heard whispers for the first time that maybe they thought that, you know, somebody else should play that position. And, um, but, you know, putting that year past me I learned a lot. And then during spring I finally got it. Right. Mm-hmm. I um I knew what everybody was doing on defensive side of the ball and I knew what everybody was doing on the offensive side of the ball. I knew the blocking schemes. I knew what everybody was, you know, I knew what the guard was doing. I knew what the off guard was doing. I knew what the sack was doing. I knew on every single play what everybody was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I always said there's two types of players, those who know and those who don't. And then those ones who know the most go the furthest in life. So I figured after um, I could gain 1,500 yards and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, once I knew what I was doing, I could gain more. So, and, and, And uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, my coach and I, John Jackson, uh, who passed away, uh, loved to death, was a great guy, um, who pushed me beyond, you know, pushed me like crazy. Um, We sat down and we talked about realistic goals. And I said, Coach, I want to gain 2,000 yards. And he says, come on, let's be serious, all right? (laughs) And... um, I said no, coach. I'm serious. He said, "All right, come on, stop BSing around." All right. I said, "Coach, I'm very serious because again, I figured I gained 1,500 yards. I didn't know what I was doing, and now that I know what I'm doing, and so we end up gaining. I always say we because he's certainly a part of that, and my teammates as well. But we gained uh, 2,342 yards. Oh my God! Uh, my senior year, <laughs> so that was a big jump from just from the knowledge standpoint. And I mean, I, and I grew physically. Uh, uh, stronger mentally, stronger and everything else, but intellectually, I knew uh, I was the student of the game, and that. Oh, and I'm always trying to emphasize, you know, the importance to to young people, um, being smart too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes the game so much easier and stuff. So, uh, never to underestimate you know, that part of the game and stuff. Matter of fact, become a a genius at it if you're if you're able to and stuff. So, um, that's how it happened.
0: With those kinds of numbers, was it a foregone conclusion that you were going to win the Heisman? I mean, did, did I, you... well,
1: I think so. It should have been a, a landslide, but I, I don't know. If, I don't think it was. I think it was. Um, it wasn't close, but it, it should have been like a landslide, but it wasn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, but not only did I do that, but we, we played in we played in great games. So we played number, I think Oklahoma. Uh, the second game of the season. I put two or five against them and they were like, I think they were ranked number one or something like yeah. that. So we played in like significant games too. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't just, you know, against uh, average opponents right. and stuff okay. like that. Right. So right. it turned out to be pretty cool.
0: When you got drafted by the Raiders and you know, they're going to be moving to LA. Yeah. Were you super pumped to be heading back to Southern California? Uh, or were you... Well, I just
1: felt I was lucky. I mean, think about this to play, actually played in the Coliseum for 15 years. Yeah, Yeah yeah um eleven as a raider and then four um uh at sc um and so I was completely comfortable with everything there the surroundings and um but i but I also knew that you know you anytime you go to the next level especially when you come a lot of fanfare you, you you gotta be careful you gotta be um it's it's prudent to be um modest uh, show of humility. I, I, I came in and didn't say one word. I didn't say one word. I didn't come across as I'm the guy, you know, I didn't, didn't do any of that stuff. I came in and worked my butt off and then the guys saw that I could play. And then they started to embrace me and I always felt like I had a great relationship there, but I did yeah. not want to come in and cause you, you know, it, it happens every year. Um, you come in you make a little more money than the guys that are there and you know and then you have you know these accolades and and you get a lot of attention and stuff and the last thing i wanted to do was have attention on me i just wanted to fit in and um that happened to work out well my rookie season so yeah
0: rookie season was great next year super bowl year yeah and it's a signature play You've discussed it with me. We're off the air. I've seen you discuss it in interviews, but the, the thing that you always say is you felt like it was a metaphysical
1: experience. Yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to describe other than just time travel.
0: So for those not familiar, it's when Marcus Allen heads to your left, cuts back, and then it seems like I think you were touched by damn near everybody on the Washington defense. <laughs> That's
1: for real. No, I don't <laughs> think anybody reached I out Yeah, they just, reached out. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody touched me so, <laughs> except for Ken Coffey, who almost had the ball after I made the initial turn, and, and then when I burst up the middle, um, it was it was just. Can you picture
0: any of that moment? Like, oh, you think yourself yeah.
1: Back, it. Um, I, I I tell people that I can everything slow down. I could see the desperation on. The faces of, of, of defensive players and the uh, the anxiety as, as I was rushing by, uh, you know, running by rather, and and they were reaching for me, and you can just see the you can just see it in their faces. I mean, it's slow to that point where I can see all that and stuff, and I mean, even to the point I, I nobody else saw this, but I mean, in my world, I could have waved at them, <laughs> and 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 yeah, I'm serious, but it was just that's how it was, but. I mean that's the best way to describe it, but it is such a great feeling. And 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 what the the big thing is stop. Qu- don't even question it. Just get out your own way. Just allow uh, what is occurring to take place. Um, it seems like that the, the you know the the more touch the ball, the better I got. I mean, uh, for me, breathing always got me there. Um, uh, I always wanted to get tired. I always wanted to get uh, you know catch that second wind. And when I got up, I got up feeling great. Um, got up, you know, just feeling outstanding. I had probably one of the best nights sleep you can ever have uh, before one of the biggest games you can ever have. So, um, went to the stadium. I don't know if you know that story, but. Went to the there, was, there was a rental car issue. Yeah, but the rental car and stuff. <laughs> I
0: bet our audience hasn't heard this, but I was doing my research. I go, so, oh my god, Marcus almost didn't get into the building.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And um, this is my first Super Bowl. I don't know any better. And so but we had rental cars while we were there that week. And where was and the Super Bowl? That Super Bowl was in? It was in Tampa, that's what Florida. I thought, okay, yeah, at the old Sombrero, I think. The old yeah, Sombrero, not, not the new, not the new Raymond James that's Stadium. Right. But um, we went. Um, Otis McKinney and I, after eating breakfast and I think after our team meeting, you know, guys go to the stadium, either on buses if they want to go early or they catch cabs there and stuff. And we had a car, so we took the car, All right? So we pull up to the stadium and um, pull up towards the uh, parking attendant. And I said, excuse me, ma'am, I'm driving. Otis is in the uh, (laughs) passenger seat. I said, excuse me, uh, uh, where did the players park? And she says, Well do you got a parking pass? I said, No. She says, Well you can't get in I said, No, no, no. Seriously, man, this I'm, I'm, we're playing today's game. And uh so I need to I need to get in to get in here. She says I'm sorry. If you don't have a parking pass, you can't get in. I said, excuse me, man, seriously. <laughs> now seriously. Now things just got real. I'm playing in today's game, and we need to, you know, we're playing. I'm one of the players. We play for the Raiders and stuff. She says, listen, I don't care who you play for. If you don't have a parking pass, you can't get in. So I looked at Otis, and we backed the car up and pulled it against the curb. And, uh I mean, it was just mental telepathy, man. Uh, he looked at me. I looked at him. He grabbed his bag. I grabbed my bag. <laughs> and we took off running to the locker room. Left the car there. <laughs> and to this day, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> so I get into the locker room, and there are guys that are already there. And guys have their routine. Some guys are playing cards. Uh, believe it or not, some guys are smoking <laughs> cigarettes and stuff. And guys did that back yeah. then. <laughs> and, um, and I just, I was just kind of like walking around smiling at everything. I went out to pregame warm ups and came back in the locker room. And I remember just, uh, just smiling all the time and, uh, doing player introductions. I, I, I ran out there. Um, I was introduced, I think, second to last after, then it was Plunkett. And I, I just don't remember my feet ever touching the ground. I just felt like I was gliding the whole time. Really? So, wow. had you felt that
0: I, way at other times over your career, whether it be at, oh, at SC or,
1: yeah. No no actually it, yeah I mean I felt that but this just this was different Super Bowl man Yeah this was just different it was just uh I, it it's weird I, I felt it from put it this way you feel that on the field right I had the feeling in the locker room and pregame and everything else do you understand So All right. that's So yeah. I man, I had that feeling when I got on the field after the first carry, after a few carries and stuff, but this was like, it was it was it was earlier, and so um, I I remember the first time I think I touched it, I fumbled the ball too, and I, I remember it rolling away from me very in slow motion, and I can see the Roselle like in slow motion uh-huh. rolling away <laughs> and stuff, and and uh, Frank Hawkins jumped on it, and I think I I looked up, I mean. I mean I just looked at him, I was like it was no big deal. It was like nothing was a big deal. It was like I just you know, most I think guys would have panicked, they yeah. would have foamed the ball the first place. Absolutely. They touched it, man. It's yeah. like that's it a tone. And the coach would have like Get him out of there <laughs> <laughs> Or I have, a, we have a talk with you, it's like, hey, you can't do that. I, I just like nobody said anything to me. I just kinda like walked walked back to the huddle like it was no big deal and then the rest was sort of like history.
0: None of us will ever experience this. Only fifty-one other people have experienced it. To be a Super Bowl MVP, win a World Championship in the NFL. Yeah. Can you take me back to that night in Tampa and what you're experiencing? Ronald Reagan's on the phone with Tom Flores.
1: Yes, he called me a secret weapon. Uh, how <laughs> yeah, the Russians the, 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 wanted to dismantle <laughs> me and stuff like that. That was that was great. The other thing um, I remember, I think my I remember my parents getting interviewed uh, by Phyllis George. Um, that yeah. was. Out of all the things, uh, that was like the most meaningful. Wow, that to says me. a lot that that's the most meaningful. That oh, That's the you. only thing that really sort of mattered to me. Um, my game check was zero. Um, <laughs> what, what, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I, I, my game check was for zero dollars because I brought my entire family. Ah, there. all
0: right. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't know if something and, was wrong.
1: And um, so you bring, you know, and it didn't matter. What the cost right. was and stuff. I, they had to be there. I wanted them there. So it was not only, um, my, uh, mom, my brothers, my sister. It was, uh, it was, you know, my, I think my aunt, uncle, and, you know, people that really were, you know, impacted my lives in such a positive way. My grandmother, I think. I mean, I, I can't remember, but I think yeah. they were all there. And, um, and so that was the most meaningful to me and stuff because I always want to honor my parents, you know. And as a parent now, you you know, we I always hear the word sacrifice and I go like, well, I, I'm never going to use the word sacrifice. I'm not sacrificing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. The day I decided to have a child, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And my parents did that with alacrity, you know what I mean? They did that with great enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. They were always there. When I look back and reflect, it's like, guess who was my Little League coach? My dad. Guess who was the uh, team mother? My mother, you know. So whether it was Little League, whether it was Pop Warner, every step of the way, my parents were there. And um, I was always going to go to USC, uh, but I kind of just wanted to hear what my dad had to say. Uh, I said, you know, think about going to... uh, Oklahoma. And he says, well, if I have to rob a bank, I'll be there. Oh, wow. Right. But just, but just saying, you know, it's like whatever he had to do, he was going to be there to support, you know what I mean? And so I always had that. So I always wanted to honor them, you know. Um, another great moment before that was when I, was uh, their first time in New York was when I won the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. So to, you know, to have that experience with them and stuff. And um, the things that are really meaningful is I remember winning the Heisman Trophy, right? And they eventually came for the dinner, but they weren't there for the ceremony, which is different now. They That format was different. They have all the uh, players there. Right. right well, right. they announced me behind a petition. I walk out and they say, uh, this year's Heisman Trophy winner is Marcus Allen from USA, right? But prior to that, I... Uh, I, I I called on the phone. And I said, Mom, we did it. My mom is screaming. You know, she's holding it together. And I said, well, get Dad. Well, he can't come to the phone right now. Right. I said, why? He can't come to the phone right now. I said, why? He said, Marcus, he's crying, right? Oh, man. And my father never cried, right? So when you look back, how meaningful that was to him, right? And when you look back and you say he was the oldest of 11 kids And his dad died when he was uh, when he was young, and he never really had a great relationship with his father. And as a young man, he said, "If I ever have kids, um, I won't have that kind of relationship. I'm gonna have a better one." And then you realize all that come you know came to fruition, right? That's why you like the only thing that really mattered, right, was my parents, and just trying to honor them and you know uh, to try to pay them back for all the The great parenting that they, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to have. So that's what it's all about. So, and and the the night that night we had this huge party, and I was just kind of walking around like it was no big deal, just smiling the whole time and stuff. And and I remember actually leaving the party early to go to bed because I had to go up uh, the next morning to be on the Brian Gumble. Go, uh,
0: go to the Today Show, in New York. Today Show, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, well, just yeah, not not go there, but just to uh, get up to television, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to get up really early and stuff. So um, Man, you got I had all that going on and stuff, but it was like I was just like kind of like smiling and just sort of. I guess you reflect and you say, "Man, that was a that's a long journey." And and to those are all the things you think about, and then they're here. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but I believe like nothing happens by accident, though. The preparation
0: was there dating uh, back all the way. I mean, you're still attributing dream, your your high
1: school coach. Dream about it. Yeah. Dreamed about it. Yeah. Dreamed about all that stuff.
0: NFL I MVP mean, by the age of what twenty five. Five. Uh, yeah. Already was, have a Heisman and a Super Bowl MVP and a World Championship, NFL yeah. MVP, and you're yeah. living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Sharp looking cat, if I may say so. Sharp looking cat. Oh, I mean, you got it all going it. on. Yeah. I mean, I know you can't. Go into detail on what, but I mean, I would imagine that would have to be like the great. I don't know if you could trade places with anybody better than Marcus Allen in the mid 1980s. Uh,
1: no, no, LA was LA was great. And, and again, I mean, I, you know, I'd been there since, uh, '78, you know, that's when I first arrived there and stuff. Yeah. And now it's, uh, it's in the early 80s, you know. Uh, the only thing we were ever talking about was, uh, uh, you know, the, Tax reform under way. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a joke because <laughs> they don't think oh, nobody man. talks about politics. No, we, were, we were I'm talking about, we were talking about Wall Street Journal stuff, man. <laughs> That's what we talked about, man. I want to know what was going on. Uh, I know we, I'm not going to get it, but no, I want to know what was going we, on. We, no, we were yeah, we were in the Wall Street Journal <laughs> kind of things, man. We were trying to like, <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. I mean, we were like, trying to we were trying to make sure we buy, you know, bought apartments, <laughs> man, and you know, and, and, oh, I don't a minute of this renting renting them out, man. So we can build it. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine. All I know is I can't imagine.
0: I'd love to trade. So you're you're with the Raiders. You're owning in LA. Things are going well, and and here comes Bo Jackson. What was what was that experience like? You got it,
1: it, that was well. It was not it was not only him. Everybody wants to think it's just him, but it was it was Dickerson. It was Yeah, 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 It was yeah. Roger Craig, it was a number of guys. And yeah, stuff, yeah. And it was, it was like, all, like it's like building a fantasy and it was, football. And it roster. was all the designed sort of to I don't know, to to not play me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: let's not play this really good guy. I
1: don't get and, that. And 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 yeah, you listen here. It, it 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 was strange. It was strange. But, but but I was um, through it all. I Was still a great teammate and stuff. And um,
0: I admire the restraint you're you, handling you this will, right now. You
1: will, you know, teammates never said anything bad about me. I was always a great teammate. Right. So.
0: What was it? Did you get along with with Bo and your friends yeah, there? Yeah, I get Yeah, yeah. I get along.
1: Eric's best friends. Right. Bo and I get along all the time. Right. We See each other and stuff. I never had any issues with anybody they ever played with yeah. ever. But I mean, I my, to, it, my issues were just with management, right? That had been such a weird. I, listen, deal. I asked, I asked to, I, I asked to uh, be cut, released, and they just wouldn't do it. Why? I uh, don't know. <laughs> so that's there's, it. But hey, listen here things are things are fine now with the Raiders. I know
0: so, I, you're like just stop asking me about it, Tim. And I understand. I know, but I'm
1: no. Just, listen, there's there's there is really nothing to, to discuss that hasn't been talked about, and the fact is that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not living life in the in the rearview mirror. No, I know. I'm moving forward. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm going to be um, a part of the Reagan organization going forward. So it's kind of like you know,
0: right? I, but I'm essentially just talking career chronologically. It's like this
1: weird. Yeah, I, I think it's co- weird too. But yeah, I, what I mean, I, I, I know, lived it, and do. I yeah. decided to. You know, <laughs> with, with, what's the point uh, in in dwelling talking on about it? it? Especially when you know things are. Fine with uh, with Mark and, and and the Raider organization now, so it just doesn't make any sense to continue.
0: So you go from the Raiders and the quote weird situation to the Chiefs, and I think a lot of people at that time are going,
1: "That'd ah, be nice if he can do something." But then you they do something. Well, you... I, I listen, here, it It's as much as at thirty three that they they were saying that I couldn't play anymore. They
0: don't say that about too I many backs right now, get to thirty and they go, Well, forget about it. Thirty three. You know,
1: well, chronologically, I was one age but I always felt a lot younger. Mm-hmm. And and some people say that um, you know, those years that I didn't play may have helped me out. I, and I really don't think so. All he did was, you know, take numbers away from me. That's all. I um I was never the kind of running back that got beat up. Um so even though I may have had a high usage rate, I was, I was still, yeah. um, in great shape, very comfortable, uh, knew how to play the game. Um, but, um, a little bit of that was taken from me, uh, made it challenging, but I was able to, uh, to endure. Um, and then finally, after being one of the players that sued the national football league for free agency, I was able to leave and, um, decided to play for Kansas City, which was a great decision. Yeah, and had incredible success. I mean, you go from a signature quarterback
0: of the 80s, signature yeah. running back of the 80s, they're yeah. together at Arrowhead Stadium, Joe Montana that and was, Marcus
1: Allen. That was, just, it was so much fun. You, I, I can't even... I, can't, I don't know where to start. We we had such a great time, uh, and, and the Kansas City fan base was the best. That's a sick atmosphere, and, isn't it? it? Let me tell you what, uh, they, they deserved a winner, and we tried. We got close to giving them a, a, a championship. Unfortunately, uh, we went to the AFC Championship game in Buffalo, and Joe got knocked out. After that, it was kind of downhill for us. But it was a great year, and uh, all the years playing there were were great in Kansas City. Uh, the Hunt family was um, just the most amazing uh, ownership group I ever played for, and um, just the, just the city. You know, Marty Schottenheimer was great, and Memories there are great, yeah. you know, especially at a time when, you know, there's, you know, one organization is saying you can't play, he's done. And then, you know, they give you a chance, and then you come out and you're rookie of the year, you lead the AFC and scoring and everything else. And so, <laughs> so it's just. That you know, had to be so satisfying. That had to be so satisfying. Uh, well, I mean, not yes and no, but because I knew, I knew that I could, you know, I mean, I. I never for once believed that they I couldn't play. Yeah. I knew I could play. Yeah. Um, I just did what I was, you know, given the opportunity to do. That's all. Yeah, That's all. So you wrap it up. Hall of Fame 2003.
0: Um, now you know that call's I assume anyway, you know that call's coming, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, when you're standing up there, when you have that, when they put that jacket on, I've had a lot of guys say when they have that moment when they put that jacket on, that's like a... Was that a moment for you that that stands
1: out? That it, I'm gonna go back to what it meant to me again. I had my father, the third father i ever to introduce his son. Right mm-hmm. now, my older brother Harold, who's who's the he's amazing. He's great. He's one of my uh, one of my role models. He, um, I gave him um, instructions to kind of help Dad with the uh, the speech, and we, you know, I called him just to get a little update. And uh, he kind of read it to me. And I said, no, 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 dad, dad, you're saying what everybody else is saying. And you're kind of bragging a little bit, right? And I can understand you're proud and everything, but dad, what they don't understand is the father-son relationship. I said, this is what I want this to be about. So he got up there. And I guess he revised it and he got up there and he just did an amazing job. And it really had nothing to do with football, which was probably the most important thing to me. It just had, you know, growing up and, and, you know, being a good son and and, and having a close relationship with your father and investing in your kids. And this is what you get when you you do that kind of thing. Um, So that's, that's, and I just looked at him. I said, Dad, that was great. Yeah. Right, and, and nobody else, everybody else is clapping and stuff. And I just looked at him like, Dad, that was great. Thank you. That had to be the best. So, that had to be the best. Well, again, when you think about, here's your father standing there, right? I mean, honestly, do you think that he um, would be there when his father dies at a young age? He's the oldest of 11 kids, right? And what I didn't tell you was that he ended up leaving... um Texas, uh, because he was going to hurt his stepfather for putting his hands on his mother. Right. So he ended up leaving and him going to San Diego, joining the service. Right. And then he ends up in meeting my mom. And then, you know, but h- how do you, how do you come up with that? And then stand at the podium in the national football league hall of fame. Huh? How do you, how do you, how how does that happen, dude? Wow. So you think, you you, see, that's the American dream. You think about, you think you got to think about the journey. I did not get there by myself. I mean, I had, by the grace of God, I was, I was lucky enough to be born to some great parents, you know what I mean? And, but you look at my dad, so that's what I, when people uh, were cheering, that's what I looked at. That was the moment that said, like, dad. You understand? We, we, look at you now, <laughs> all right? And he, you know, and, and not having a father, and and he he told us a story when uh, it was actually it was actually in a book. I guess uh, his his mother told him to go get his dad, and he was at a bar gambling and uh, go get him for dinner, and and they walked home about a mile and a half or so or something like that, and his dad barely said two words to him. And I think that's when he decided, he said, if I have kids, it'll never be like that. So you think about that, and then you think about your dad standing at the podium, the oldest of 11 kids, right? NFL Hall of Fame, dude. Introducing it's,
0: it's, his son. Introducing in your son. Fame. How did you, were you emotional? Were you like, were you able to keep it together?
1: when Oh, you... no, I tried. I, I shed a tear. Yeah. Cause it. It was, listen here, I, I didn't, uh, oh yeah, no, I didn't. I just smiled and looked at him and, and, and thought about all that stuff yeah. in my head. And then, and then I started talking. Uh, I didn't have one word written down. Oh, you didn't? No. Straight
0: improv? Straight no. ad lib?
1: Wow. Well, I mean, you know, there's things that you want to hit on, but yeah. when you think about it is nothing but a thank you letter. It's, it's to me is the easiest thing in the world to, to articulate. And so, no, I didn't have a speech at all. I, um, I, all the people that were important to me, I, I pointed them out, and and everything that I did, I did it for my family. Wow! You know? so, so
0: much of your story, which I wasn't really aware of, honestly, is the father-son relationship, the relationship with your parents. I, I
1: think it's probably one of the most important in the in the world. Yeah. I mean, we all know that we all love our moms and stuff like that, but we we learned so much from my fathers. I mean, and the relationship, uh, how he treated my mom, is how you know um, is what I learned too. I mean all those things, the promises that he kept, you know the fact that he um he he built our house. I understand hard work, i understand uh even after you know work you know you you leave work and you go you know you go coach your you know your kid- he showed no partiality to i mean I wasn't the only one he did this for i mean we I had four brothers and and one sister and 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 so I mean he was everywhere, so you you think about all that stuff and my mom is. Listen here, I love my mom. My mom's the best in the whole world, and she knows it, right? <laughs> and we tell her too. But I just think the father, the father son relationship, is is one of the more important ones because we we learn so much from them, and uh, we treat the world as, as as we see he treats people in the world too. So,
0: so that I'm certain is translating to you now. Oh yeah, with
1: your son, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you, Anytime my son, I mean, it could be 20 times, right? I'm going to go lay in bed, and he says, Dad, come. I get up every single time. Yeah. <laughs> I always want him to know that his father's going to be there, that his dad's going to be there, so, because my dad was always there.
0: I can't think of a better way to end it. I had all kinds of other stuff, but I think it's the best story, man. So I thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And, uh, and I look back out, uh, look forward to getting back out on the golf course with you and, and seeing what Ian Woosem can do. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: that was the compliment. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so there it is. The Pro Football Hall of Famer, Marcus Allen. So let me uh, give you some inside baseball on the way I uh, do these interviews is with, with maybe like Dave Peacock is an exception uh, where I had some questions kind of typed out. For the most part, I have like a Word document in front of me with just bullet points, but most of the time, the answers lead to my next question, like a conversation. If you're sitting there at a bar with somebody or having dinner with them, you don't have a list of questions. You just kind of listen, and the conversation evolves, and that's what we do with this thing. So I had a few more that I wanted to get to with Marcus Allen, but I felt like, he ended this like with the verbal equivalent of him walking into the sunset with his 83-year-old father. And so if I'm like, so what do you think of the Eagles and Patriots? Or are you going to let your son play football? It would have just been, it would have been the worst. So, you know, first off, by the time you're listening to this, you know what happened with the Eagles and Patriots. Uh, Secondly, uh, the way Marcus Allen has handled himself throughout his career is measured, I guess would be the best way to describe it. For example, you heard our sparring session when I was asking about his time with Bo Jackson, Roger Craig, Eric Dickerson, uh, and Al Davis not playing him, which did happen, uh, which is super odd considering Marcus played for another 10 years while he was sitting on the bench in Los Angeles with the Raiders and was only a couple years removed from uh, winning the NFL MVP. But that's the Raiders and that's Al Davis. But as you might be able to have picked up, Marcus had zero interest in going down that road. Uh, Now, if you watch like, um, you know, a football story on the NFL network and they've of course done one on Marcus Allen, he certainly gets into it. There is a famous interview with Marcus Allen and Al Michaels, uh, during Monday Night Football where Marcus Allen you know, conveys his confusion, disappointment, frustration, whatever word you want to use for the fact that he isn't playing. So my read is this. Well, first off, it was crystal clear he didn't want to talk about it. But secondly, uh, he is at a position now with Mark Davis where he doesn't really feel like rocking the boat by saying something that perhaps Mark could take the wrong way about his late father. And so... That is the way Marcus Allen handles things, similar to how Marcus Allen handled things when I asked him about the relocation of the Chargers, Raiders, and the one that we're most interested in here in the St. Louis area, the Rams, Uh, you know, he, he pivoted to you can't blame the players. Fine. I understand it. It's polished. So where did we get the meat of the interview? We got the meat of the interview accidentally. So... Uh, if you want to say, "Oh, great job, Tim! That's wonderful." Say, "Say, great job to to John Seymour because he's the one that books all these things." Uh, I'm just here, and all I was doing was asking this: what What stood out to you from the night you won the Super Bowl? That's a question you could ask if you were in a second grade journalism question. It's uh, it's it, it, that's all it is. It's a it's, it's a very basic question, but he gave a great answer, and his answer was. Uh, seeing Phyllis George, who was on the NFL coverage in, uh, well, I guess, 33 years ago, 34 years ago, uh, on that Super Bowl, going and interviewing his parents and how much that meant to him, more so than that touchdown run, which is so famous, or the fact that he won a world championship um, or any other element of that particular night. It was his parents. And then we got into the father-son relationship. And uh, and that sprouted all kinds of different elements of the conversation, and I was not expecting that, but uh, I'm glad it got there because it wound up being uh, very heartfelt. And I I don't know if he has talked about it in that much detail before. It's not to say that he hasn't, but I certainly was not aware of all that he talked about. And I'll, and I'll tell you, as the as the guys who are in the studio with me right now can can uh, verify. He stuck around in the studio 15 minutes after we were done recording and told more stories about his dad, who is, for the record, still living in San Diego, uh, in Carlsbad, I guess, specifically. So that, uh, that gives you an idea of, you know, Marcus Allen's background and why Marcus Allen, you know, was able to have the kind of career he had uh, both on the football field and then also away from it. And I would like to think that that probably reflected really well on him. And I would imagine a lot of you who are parents uh, loved hearing that, picturing that with your sons or daughters, Uh, and perhaps some of you uh, who still worship and love either your current relationship with your father or the memory of your father loved hearing a guy who truly, I mean, I, I I don't know too many in the NFL ever had it all more than Marcus Allen and you can hear in his voice uh from his standpoint it's a, he he's, he actually said it when we got done he said i could have been born to anybody and who knows what would have happened but i was born to mr and mrs allen how lucky was i i mean that that was off that was off camera but i don't think he would mind me sharing that story so uh that's that's what i got out of it uh along with some incredible you know raider and chief and usc stories uh, the father-son uh, spine of the story is what I think will stand out to me most from the conversation with Marcus Allen. As always, enjoy your feedback. Email me at T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And if you have not listened, and this is the first time you are listening, take a look at all of the previous interviews. There are some good ones in there because we have been lucky enough to have some great guests in the dot com. Studios. We thank all of our sponsors, thehomeloanexpert.com, James Carlton State Farm Agency, Gateway, Buick GMC at I 270 McDonald Boulevard, online at St. LouisBuickGMC.com, and Triad Bank, all making this podcast possible. Thank you to videographer Nick Yale. Thank you to executive producer John Seymour. And thank you to Marcus Allen for taking the time to sit down in the com studios. And thank you to you, the listener, for continuing to listen and support The Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network.